2: Mark Grody, Grody. covering the Bears for 670, the score. Hey, here's what's going on. So Excuse you guys me. could all stop. Mark Grody with Bernstein and home.
0: Ron, is there anything else that you think they need or could use? More Mark Grody.
2: On the score.
0: I agree with that, too. Mark Grody joins us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline. Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world, the largest sports. We go down to Indianapolis and we talk with Mark Grody, who's at the NFL Combine. It's quarterback day at the Combine, and Grody was there.
2: Hey, Groats. What's going on, Lawrence and Layla? Yeah, you know it's quarterback day when you arrive for the the 8 a.m. Indianapolis time, Bryce Young podium time, and you're there at 7 o'clock, and there's already a crowd around the podium. So that's, that's the way it works. When it's quarterback day, there are herds of reporters jockeying for position to talk to these uh, throwers of the football. And uh, we're going to hear from uh, C.J. Stroud. we keep hearing about these guys, and you can actually hear from them. C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, um, Anthony Richardson spoke today as well. I'll tell you about a couple of wide receivers. But why don't we start with what I thought was the best uh, cut of the day or sound so far, and that comes from Ohio State quarterback, cj stroud and i got him to start talking a little bit about justin fields and it takes a direction towards the bears cj what did you think of justin fields
1: season your fellow ohio state guy yeah i was proud of him man uh it's so many times you get knocked back down, but I uh, feel like a true mass character is when you get knocked down, how do you get up? And he's got up every time and he's and he's and he stepped up to the plate and he hasn't blamed anybody, hasn't pointed no fingers, he hasn't anything. That, and as a human, that just shows you what type of man he is and uh what type of family he comes from. So, uh, just knowing kind of him as a person, I mean, that's that's really cool, uh, just because. Uh it's hard man, you get hit so hard so many times hard in the face. It's uh you have to make plays using your feet and, and he ain't no damn running back. he's a quarterback <laughs> and, he, and he can sling that rock. Uh-huh. So I'm gonna stand up for my brother every time and, and he's gonna do great things in his career and I'm excited to play with him.
2: That said, do you even think about the
1: Bears at one? Is that a weird thing to think about? Because I mean no, bad. I don't wanna go there. I mean yeah. that, that's that's his team so <laughs> uh but I mean I think I can do my I gotta do my thing. I gotta go build my legacy and I know he and he's rude to me. He texted me uh yesterday morning. So uh, me and him uh our, our Brothers for Life. Shout out hey, to no. C.J. Stroud. You talk about someone having your back.
0: That's someone having your
3: back. If you value loyalty, if that's on your draft prospect checklist, check.
2: Do, do you think he actually told the Bears during the meeting, hey, look, if you're thinking about me in number one, I can't have it because of Justin Fields.
0: Yes, from from the way how convicted he sounded talking to you. And great Great job, Groats, getting in there with the follow-up question where everyone else oh. is trying to
2: box you out. Oh, dude, it's tough out here. I mean, That's high-level reporting. Th- th- these are scrums beyond scrum. I mean, there's 50 people in that thing. Yeah, man. And and th- that wasn't the first time I tried to get my questions in. Though <laughs> no, You didn't hear the parts where I was You don't have to tell them how
0: the sausage is made, fam. Is <laughs> I mean, we're out here trying to pump you up. And you're like,
2: oh, well, actually, I got
0: stepped on 20 times before <laughs> no, I got. I'm good
2: with it. <laughs> no, no, I was very proud of myself for getting the follow-up, and that was thank you for noticing that, Lawrence. I mean, nobody else was complimenting me on that, but <laughs> it did. Like to get one question was good, but then to and here's the technique: it's really strong, strong, intense eye contact, and you kind of you kind of got to cut off their last couple. You got to really anticipate their final words or their sentence, so you can kind of jump the route a little bit. So that's what I did. I just want to let you guys in on a. On my technique.
3: It's really, it's like a nudes radio urgent timing time between two anchors of a show. Yeah, where they're like right on the end of the word. I feel you. Uh, oh, Additionally, yeah. Bryce Young says he met with the Bears. What were your takeaways?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, bro, first of all, Bryce Young is filled with... Humility. I mean, he's probably like you look at these quarterbacks. So, just in terms of talkers, I would say Bryce Young, the 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 nicest, probably most understated. Like I said, lots of humility. I'd say C.J. Stroud um, was probably the most interesting quarterback that we spoke to today, and then uh, Anthony Richardson, man, I and mean, we'll get to him. Um, he, he was probably I thought he was the most entertaining of guy of the day today but let's let's talk about Bryce Young and I asked him got a question into him as well I asked him
1: What do you do best? You know, for me, I really pride myself in my leadership, and I I know that that's something that I have to earn at the next level. Um, You know, I'm really excited to get into the locker room, whatever team, um, you know, does does take me, um, and and to try to earn that that trust and that respect from the locker room. Um, Again, it's not something I'm entitled to, but it's something that, you know, at the next level, I'm excited to, to put the work in to try to earn that trust from my teammates. Um, uh, also, yeah, again with with the Bears as well. Um, you know, it was a great room to be a part of. Um, you know, we were able to talk ball. Um, you know, able to, to to talk about you know my last year. And, and again, it was it was a great staff. Uh, me able to learn about them, uh, us go back and forth. Um, you know, it was it was an honor. So um, it was, I got a lot of there's a lot of knowledge and a lot of wisdom in that room. And for me to be able to uh, pick their brains as well and, and to learn uh, so much that I did not that meeting was great.
0: I'm not surprised by that, and I'm not surprised how. Like you could tell like from the time that he walked into Tuscaloosa, that that this guy's got that thing where he's able to communicate how he feels. He is he's got all the leadership qualities that you want. Do we did he measure yet?
2: I don't think he has measured yet, unless he has in the last 20 minutes or so. Cause that's the big question. The big question is how tall is
0: he and how much does he weigh? There are well, no other questions about Bryce Young than
2: those two. It's so true, and he had a hilarious comment at the very beginning, Lawrence. He, the it, one of the first questions was about his height, and he said, "He Look, 'Look, I've been this height my entire life.' <laughs> I mean, I know what he meant, but I don't think he meant to say it exactly like that." Because listed... it's not true, right? Right. right. Don't well, worry here's about the thing. That. Here's the dealio, Layla. He is listed at six feet, like exactly six feet tall. One thing that I know in life is that. Um, guys who list themselves at six feet tall are rarely... 5'10". Yes. Yes. <laughs> Both yes. on
3: programs and on dating apps.
2: Yes, and, 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 and yes,
0: Layla. And, and those of us who are 5'9", we list ourselves as 5'11". That's right. I... you do. Also,
3: for the I, record, I, still taller than most of us, so whatever. Yeah,
2: yeah, I'm, I am... See, I've had to accept it. There was a time when people would ask me on dating profiles, yes, Layla, I would round to six feet tall. I am five eleven. I have finally become comfortable with telling people that I'm five eleven for so long. I just rounded off and every time I would go get my physical, they'd be like, Yep, you're five eleven, palsy. So I know what it's all about.
0: Were you thinking that you might grow? Like is that <laughs> Yeah, it's
3: just I don't know. It's just the common practice. I feel Hi, like. hi, I'm Mark
0: Grody. I'm 40 years old. Um, have I grown since the last time also,
4: I was at the
3: doctor? But also, Grody, I can tell you're in a critical environment because here you are confessing to uh to the dating app listing, and yeah. then also not getting your question in as smoothly as it may have seemed
2: well well yeah yeah that's true there's a lot of things this what, is what were um, there like
0: 100 people at the Bryce Young press conference I,
2: I mean about yeah just yeah. yeah, it just, on it the just pictures. kept on expanding and growing and yeah, if you don't have like a spot in the first couple of rows of that thing, you're pretty much SOL in terms of A, getting a question in and B, even hearing what's going on. So yeah, I mean, I I had a a pretty good day in, in terms of that. But yeah, the Bryce Young thing, Uh, I was talking to somebody and they're like, there's no way he's going to, he's not going to list at six feet tall. He's going to be 5'11 or 5'10 probably. He did say um, that he has put on some weight. So he's around 200 or so. Wow. That, yeah. So that's a, uh, that's a
0: significant amount of weight for him because people were speculating that he was walking around at 178. So for him to get up to 200. That's yeah. a
2: lot.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah he doesn't look it, though. You know what I mean? Like, I, I believe he's gained it, but I, I don't know that he looks like he's 200, but we, we'll take it at uh, a, at face value, I suppose, on Bryce Young.
0: Yeah, and if he does, and uh, someone on Twitch said this, like you're right. If he's six feet and 200 pounds, he's a lock to, to be the number one pick. Although, mm. although there's a lot of buzz about Anthony Richardson, Groats. <sighs>
2: Yes, I was just talking to to a... I, I, I could say the name of the person, but I don't know if they want the don't name do said. Don't do that. Don't so burn a source. I'm not going to burn a source. They said, hey, when Ryan Poles is talking about how he's Justin Fields is their quarterback... Unless there is somebody that just blows them out of the water, just is crazy good and does unbelievable things at the Combine, and that guy would be Anthony Richardson. That 6'4", 231... Uh, the, the biggest arm in this draft for sure and the the, the funny part about it, the ironic part about it is as I'm raving about him one of the themes from a couple of the reporters today um, were, were the idea that he might be a project and this was presented to the Florida quarterback, Anthony Richardson um, and he seemed to take exception to the idea of being a project
1: I don't even know uh, what, that, what that means project label, but I'm willing to bring anything you know, anything, everything that they need from, me. you know, uh, I'm going to work hard, you know, I'm going to be dedicated to my craft. You know, I'm just, you know, be a leader in, 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 that, in that organization. So uh, just grow and continue to grow. You know, uh, everything, you know, everything that I'm able to do on the field and everything I'm able to do off the field, you know. I live a good life. And uh, Coach Napier always told me, you know, you must be living right if, the, if everything on the field is going right for you. So uh, keep living a good life and just keep having fun with everything. How do you
3: describe the uniqueness of your
1: and I, uh, I'm able to do everything on the field, you know, run over people, jump over people, run past people, throw the ball pretty well. So just tying it all together, I feel like that just helps me become a better quarterback.
3: Let's go, Anthony Richardson. And not just that, mm-hmm. but you can be an excellent voiceover artist.
2: That's Yo, true. Totally. Oh, yeah, man, I didn't know what his voice was. All of a sudden he gets up there with all that bass. I'm like, oh, here we go. It's Anthony Richardson I need Time. you
3: to be big voice guy, Anthony Richardson, but also quarterback.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: is it Anthony yeah, Richardson yeah. or is it Dan Levy? I don't know. Oh, yeah. What's going on, on, dude? Yeah, base on air, yeah.
2: (laughs) That's my guy. You can't
3: coach either one of those things, man. (laughs) You can't coach eight six four, and you can't coach that voice.
2: Not the deep voice. No,
0: you cannot. Oh, is there any other, like, newsy news stuff? Because I want to relay some stuff that's happening via text and on the Twitch lines. Oh, folks. okay.
2: Um, no, nothing newsy news, like like I said, unless it's happened in the last 15 or 20 minutes while I, I was kind of buried in what I was doing here. Um, so I don't think there's any newsy news. I will tell you, I'll give you a couple notes on uh, on wide receivers before you read those texts, Lawrence. The TCU wide receiver, Quentin Johnston. Love him. Yep. I mean, many think he's the top wide receiver in this draft said that he absolutely loves Justin Fields and says he thinks he could help make Justin Fields better. Huh. So the <laughs> everybody wants to be on the Bears now. I um, yeah, and then uh, the Ohio State wide receiver, this is even a better source at this point because of Ohio State in this, but uh, Jackson Smith doesn't think people are very smart. Then uh, those were his words. If they think Justin Fields can't be a great throwing quarterback. Woo! He was just kind of shaking his head about the crit. He's like, you know how these critics are and I don't think they're very smart at all. So, yeah, um, he, he was kind of going in on those you know, shaking his head. tisk tisk, to all of you who don't think that Justin Fields can be great.
0: Shout out to Ryan Day, because apparently his boys are tight. Loyal. Like they, they and you loyal. know we live in these yes. streets where these hoes ain't loyal. We
3: all
2: know this. <laughs> I <laughs> Is that a song? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right.
3: Uh, unrelated. I heard. <laughs> or have did a you question. just
2: say that? <laughs> it is definitely
3: a song that people have definitely quote. said it.
2: L- Lawrence didn't just say that. <laughs> no, okay. I didn't yes. just create that, or else <laughs> okay. I'd be super rich. i um, so, uh, no uh,
3: way. I have a question for Grody. <laughs> okay, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, sorry, texters and Twitch Twitch line. But I I do want to ask about what your takeaways were from Will Anderson also talking about the Bears yesterday.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's what Will Anderson should be talking about the Bears, because with all that's gone on with, with Jalen Carter, if – the Bears, if they were debating between those two defensive stars, it's become really clear that Will Anderson would be the guy out of those two. So, I, yeah, it's a good fit. He He's an energetic, interesting guy, having talked to him was it yesterday or the day before. Um, and so he, he'd fit in really well. The only thing, <clears throat> Layla... About the 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 edge rushers in this draft. It's hold on, pretty- hold on, hold
0: on. We are yeah, talking me- with Mark Grody, our Bears beat reporter. He is live in Indianapolis at the scouting combine, and we're discussing Will Anderson with him in the interview that he had with the Bears. Grody, you were saying? Oh, and <laughs> there was
3: shrimp cocktail that was passed out from oh. Saint Elmo in the morning. Would Heck you guys yes. have,
2: and by the way, very professional of you, Lawrence. Thank you very much for that move you just made. Uh, would you guys have had first thing in the morning, 7 o'clock, a, a, a large jumbo shrimp with really hot sauce on it? Would you start your day like that? I didn't. Yes. I, just, I, I, made, I made a decision that I didn't want that to be the first thing that entered my body. Well, but you would do it, huh, Layla?
3: I, well, I try to drink uh, 16 ounces of water, like, just first hour of waking up. So everything else after that, let's go.
2: Oh, okay. So you set a really good base. Okay. Understandable. Uh, beyond Will Anderson, though, there are like some really good edge rushers. Mile Mur- Miles Murphy out of uh, Clemson. Uh, they call him a you know, Tavon Walker size. Tavon Walker went to the Jags number one overall last year. Uh, Tyree Wilson is a dude that would fit in really nicely with the Bears out of Texas Tech, 6'6", 225. He's the guy with the wingspan of over seven feet long. Um, and, and I love one of the quotes about him too. He plays the position violently and isn't simply using his length to play patty cake. Uh, so, so circle that name. Think about that name, Tyree Wilson. Nolan Smith from from Georgia as well super versatile guy may, maybe a little bit more suit like he can a little more suited for the run but still a guy who can get to the quarterback as well so yeah just a lot of it, it it feels deep as far as the edge rushers uh but you know Will is still probably the best you know guy in terms of the Bears board
0: one guy on Twitch says that he's 5'9 and that he tells people that he's 5'9 um, one good guy, for you. One and
3: 5'9 is still plenty tall.
0: I agree. Yeah. One guy on Twitch says he's mad at me because I'm giving out the trade secrets because that's exactly what happens. 5'9 guys say they're 5'11. Five, 5'10 five, guys say they're 6 feet. Hey, Women know, though. Women know. know. Layla, right?
3: We know. But you every, know? Well, I'm not a good judge. I'm 5'3 and everybody's taller than me. So I don't really care.
2: Yeah, but when you're looking at a dating profile or the you know, the prospective candidate in your life and they say that they're six feet tall, you're not gonna believe it, are you? Like, I don't you everybody's
3: taller than me. If they're six feet tall, then they're six feet tall. <laughs> I okay. I by no by no purpose of my own dated two six four guys back to back. And I've said this before, I have no idea what they were saying half the half the time because the words went right over my head by foot. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I have no idea what happens up there. I don't know. Like it's not always a good thing.
0: A 331 uh, texter says, team 5'10 but I'm fat enough where I have to be honest about it on dating sites. Honesty wow. is the
3: best policy, people. It just is. It doesn't well, insult all, anybody's intelligence. All, uh,
2: yeah. Like I said, I, 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 I don't lie about it anymore, Layla, but so let's, just, let's be honest. Six feet, just the word six feet tall over 5'11", it just sounds so much better. It's just a tiny little difference.
3: That's it's marketing. (laughs) i I love that it's so true it
0: is like that's what it is it's marketing when you go on the dating
3: site i'm just not here for it like be a good person
2: i i have to be uh, one of my so i'll take you deep inside as long as we're having this conversation on one of my dating profiles at one point in time i did put six feet tall but in my introduction this is pretty creative i wrote i started with i am a liar I said, I am n- I said, I'm listed at six <laughs> feet tall. I'm actually 5'11". I actually said that. And, uh, I, I- yeah. Some liked it, some didn't. Let's I put bet it that way.
3: I bet a lot more people liked it than you were prepared yeah, for. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It was there was yep. a lot of like LOL yep. on that one.
0: 708 texture. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 5'9 and always go 5'11. I'm trying to tell you. Whoa, because I mean, it you obs- can't do that. It that's, obscures that's it, cool. and it's hard to guess, especially when I wear shoes.
3: That's fine, guys. Like it's fine. I'm not gonna tell you, like I'm not gonna tell you don't do things to make yourself less comfortable. I'm just saying like it's I just I personally just don't think it's that big of a deal. This I'm single, so I don't know if I'm the best judge. Consider my source here.
0: I'm actually six feet, and I tell people I'm 5'11".
3: Why? He doesn't know.
0: He doesn't know. That's
3: that's okay. Now,
0: now I know that there are seven feet people that do that. Like Kevin Garnett notoriously was like, I'm 6'12". That's
3: funny. I'm not seven feet. I mean, that's funny.
2: Barkley. Didn't Barkley do that? Wasn't Barkley like 6'4"? Yeah, he would. He right? was
0: 6'8", like listed as 6'8", but he's barely 6'4". Yeah.
3: I'm just going to remind six, four, you right. all that if somebody is that hung up on your physical attributes rather than just who you are as a person, similar to women, if somebody's going to judge yeah. me based on what they think I might weigh when they haven't even seen me in person, then they're not the person for you anyway. 803 texter
0: says, I'm 5'10". I tell people I'm 5'9". Makes them really
3: insecure.
2: What kind of galactic stuff is this?
3: You're just messing with people.
2: Do they feel like they they don't deserve to be that tall? Look, I I haven't earned it. I, I'm five nine. I'm I, not six feet tall. I
3: also uh I dated another guy who was six six, and people used to mess with him because they're like, "You're six six for no reason. Like you don't play sports. You, you don't like, like, like what are that. you doing with that?" It's Leo, I gotta
2: tell you, I gotta tell you, for somebody who and I believe you, so you say you don't care. My ex was how, five nine. T- Okay, and I ex- married him. Five, so there I was going to say you 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 dated a lot of tall guys, but okay, yeah, that that brings it back for, all the, texters, five, nine guy. for yeah. all the texters.
0: For all the that are asking, you can't be a short king unless you're under five six. So like is, is all of us, the rule? yeah, you, you're know. not a, you're not a short king at five nine. You have to be five six or below to I'm, be a short king i'm
3: five nine and i tell everybody i'm five seven and my wife hates it
0: it's a really strange <laughs> thing i love these people that are saying that they go down instead of up in their height groats this was awesome this is exactly yeah. what i wanted this for is... a, a friday bears hit oh, two words this feels good it's a really really good thing thank you sir and, and great job all week at the combine
2: thank you very much thanks for having me on every day and you guys enjoy the rest of your show
0: that is Mark Rody. He's amazing. I love him and adore him, and I'm so glad that he was down at the Combine doing a wonderful job with us. We need to take a break. And you Why? know what?
3: The body shaming all comes into play, whether you're at the Combine or whether you're out here just living your life. You're
0: on these we're dating apps. We're not for it today. You're in those streets. The body shaming, we're not here for it. Cubs catcher Tucker Barnhart Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Here's his phone call. We'll talk with him about the Cubs and all the new rules next here on the score.
4: Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on 670 the score. Tucker's been around a
5: long time. He's a professional. knows how to go about his business. I don't know anybody that hit the ground running as fast as him that maybe I've ever managed when he signed with us. I mean, he's watching video of all the pitchers and talking, calling, wanting to be on the pitching group text. And he's all in, man. That's the one thing. He's all in on that pitching group. And that's a really comforting feeling for me.
0: Cubs manager, David Ross, talking about Tucker Barnhart. When we talk about the Cubs in spring training, it's brought to you by Sloan, official water efficiency partner of the Chicago Cubs. Tucker Barnhart joins us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Tucker, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. You bet. Anytime, guys.
3: I think, Tucker, now we have to start with where Rossi left off. You're in on the pitching group thread. What's going on in there? What's said? Anything good?
5: Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty uh, – it, it's good. <laughs> There's a lot of guys going back and forth, um, input, uh, where we should all go to dinner later on in spring training as a group. Um, the conversations tend to uh, trend away from baseball, which is good <laughs> sometimes. But uh, it's, been, it's been a lot of fun. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pumped to be a part of this, uh, this franchise and this organization. Uh, it's going to be a fun year,
3: as pitchers tend to do. I think that's that's kind of where I always go with it. Appreciate it.
2: You bet.
0: So, what made you want to be a Cub? Well, first and foremost, um, I, I'm from Indiana.
5: I'm from Indianapolis. I live there. I was born and raised there. Um, playing in the Midwest, I've been very fortunate in my career to uh, to do so uh, with the Reds, Detroit, and now in Chicago. Um, I love being close to home. I have two boys uh, that, are, that are approaching uh, school ages, and so being able to be close to them and close to home um, is, is awesome. Um, I, I, I've loved Chicago uh, my, entire, my entire career, playing there, playing at Wrigley. Um, the environment, the atmosphere it was, was a huge, huge reason. Um, I'm looking forward to listening to Go Cubs Go and, uh, and be happy to hear it instead of the opposite as I've been in my career. Uh, up till now, uh but just everything that they're about the the moves that they've made that we've made this off season uh to bring in guys like dansby and 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 Haas, uh j mo all, all these guys that that are that have won in their careers um I, i'm just i'm I'm pumped to be a part of of the guys that were already here in chicago and then the the additions that we've made i think it's uh we got we have a great group of guys we got a lot of ball players that just that want to play baseball have fun and and win games, and, and, and I'm looking forward to that.
3: I think you're in a very good perspective place too because you came from a Reds team where you saw the, the ebbs and flows of, of the talent, You know, knowing in the past what they had had and then knowing what they're going through right now, kind of getting a good vantage point of the Central, staying in the division. What is your opinion of how the Cubs have built the team and then their, their long-term direction, knowing how the Central division is somewhat changing a bit?
5: Yeah, definitely. I, I think um, where we're at right now, currently, I, I very much of of the belief that you don't bring guys in like Dansby and Eric Hosmer and Cody Bellinger and the guys that we that we brought in that have won uh, just about everywhere they've been. Uh, if you're not focused on winning, uh, we're obviously in, in a in a position where we have young guys that we're going to count on and that we're going to ha- hopefully ha- have them develop into into really good players at the major league level but uh, along with that i think we have the makings of a lot of veteran guys young Gomes, um that that are ready to win that are really focused on winning um and then obviously helping the young guys kind of develop as well but uh, the direction in my opinion at least at the, at, off the top is ready to win and ready to win now it, is that the 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 expectation outside of our clubhouse um, on MLB network and in other, in other areas, maybe not, maybe they don't think we're going to play as well as we are, but I I feel like we have a group that's going to uh, surprise a lot of people, not including ourselves. We expect, expect to make the playoffs and expect to play very well, um, but maybe surprise some people with how well we're going to play.
3: I also think that there's a defined direction as far as the importance of run prevention and talking about the importance of up the middle. That starts with you, you know, catcher, pitcher, batter, and then behind you, the middle defense, and then the importance of center field. What have they told you about that? And how have you seen that take shape so far over spring training?
5: Yeah, you know, it was—it's very obvious to me um, that what direction. Um, at the big league level that, that we're trying to go. And I think, and I, I'm a firm believer that in, in order to sustain winning for long stretches of time, you have to be able to withstand your, your offense, the peaks and valleys of the season that are inevitable. And I think the way that you do that is by playing very qual- high-quality defense and pitching. Um, and I think that it's, it, it's very obvious uh, what, that, that, that the Cubs have put a, a, a big uh, part of their organization or their assets towards that. And uh, it's nice to be coveted as a defensive player. I, I've always played that way in my career. Um, and it's just it, – it's really nice. We haven't had a ton of conversations um, about pitching and defense. I just think that it's, it's very clear. Um, how the organization feels about that and how they think that that's going to help us win.
0: Cubs catcher Tucker Barnhart joining us here on The Score. There's a lot of new rules, Tucker. How, how, how are you handling it behind the plate? Uh, oh, man. <laughs> how much time you got? As much as you need. Whatever because, you need to vet, Because yeah. I know that there, there was even a situation where you would call timeout and and the umpires are yeah. like, you can't do that. So So what's this been like?
5: There's a lot of nuance to it. Um, there's much, much more than just a pitch clock, uh, than just having to be in the box as a hitter um, at a certain point and the pitcher having to throw a ball at a certain point. There's very There, there are quite a bit of layers that, that, are, that are not being talked about, maybe as much as the obvious. Um, so so to, your, to your point or your, the example that you use, it's actually happened to me twice now in back-to-back games um, where I guess the rule now, as I'm learning, is that when the pitcher's on the mound with nobody on base, they by stepping off the pitcher can't reset the clock. Now, if there's somebody on base, the pitcher can step off and reset the clock. It's just considered a disengagement or a uh, or a pickoff attempt in which you only get two. Um, so the the problem that I've ran into is I see the clock running down, and naturally my instincts are to call time and hopefully reset the clock. But in both events or both examples, there's been nobody on base, and so the clock doesn't reset even if I were to try and call time, therefore leading to a ball. So yesterday was, was a tough one for me to swallow. I mean, it is clearly spring training, uh, but it ended up being ball four. Um, and giving uh, Rowan Wick, Wick a walk uh, instead of the opportunity to to get to get the hitter out. So it's uh, it's been a lot. Um, there's a lot of conversations that we've had in terms of trying to figure out how to maybe circumvent the rule a little bit, not break it, but maybe buy our guys some, some time, myself included, after running to back up first base. Everything just, just seems kind of sped up right now, and I think obviously we'll work through the kinks. Of That and uh, and figure out what will what will work for us. Uh, But right now it's a little bit of an adjustment for sure.
3: Well, and then we see what happens pretty publicly. The Red Sox game that was tied and then ends up being a pitch clock error that decides it. It's only spring training. But how much of that sits with players like you, especially being a catcher?
5: Well, I'll be honest with you, and, and to be very blunt, it worries the hell out of me, <laughs> to be honest, that there's, I mean, there's so many things that that every player, myself included, are thinking about during a game, what, what pitch to call, what location to throw it to, hopefully, is, is the runner going to steal, is the hitter going to swing, what's the score, like, there's so many things that, that, that I'm thinking about behind the plate, that it adds a whole different element when you're having to re- to think about rules that have been played a certain way or a game of a game that's been played a certain way for hundreds of years. Um, I think ultimately the pitch clock is good. Uh, I I will say that. Uh, however, it it worries me that that a, a fate of a season potentially could be decided on a uh, on a pitch clock violation. And what we're what we're seeing and what we're realizing is that these clocks are, are being manually operated. And so not saying that it's going to happen, but potentially there could be some error in terms of when the clock started or, or not started that could either, A, give a team more time or give a team less time. Uh, and if that's in a crucial, crucial situation, I mean, that could potentially determine a season. So I, I, I just hope, uh, my hope is that there's some feel um, to this from umpires. Um, hopefully that it's being kind of policed very strictly in spring training to kind of try and get, uh, teams used to it. Uh, but hopefully in a situation where a game's on the line, uh, maybe there's an element of feel that's, that's applied that, that will let the, uh, or allow the players to kind of dictate the ending of the game versus uh, a clock.
0: Tucker, what's your personal philosophy on pitch framing and how did you develop framing?
5: Yeah, you know, it's, um, it's, it's been a lot, to be honest with you. Um, I, I came uh, into professional baseball in 2009 um, not talking about pitch framing really at all. Um, it, it, and the craze of pitch framing has kind of really taken shape, I would say, over the last uh, 10 years probably is, a, is probably a long period. Maybe at, at the um, I would say five years is probably more accurate. Um, and so I've had to I've had to evolve as a as a catcher as a pitch framer. My mechanics have changed a little. Um, we're trying daily to figure out different stances uh, behind the plate that kind of help you uh, put yourself in a better position to to catch balls more consistently and, and present them to umpires better. Um, so it, it's been an it's an ever changing piece for me that that i'm trying to get better this year i'm working on a right knee down stance so if if i'm behind the plate and you see my right knee on the ground that's new for me um and but it's from our numbers and talking with craig driver he he believes that i'm gonna it's going to make me a better receiver and at the end of the day the more strikes you can get for your pitchers the better they're going to be and the better we are going to be as a team so I'm, i'm trying to figure out as as many ways that i can uh help our guys out as possible
3: I appreciate you bringing up the data piece of this. What do you think of maybe your impressions so far of Cubs Pitch Lab or how they're working with pitchers? And then also the data that you've been presented. There's been a big emphasis on that this season.
5: Well, I think it's phenomenal. I, I really do. I, I, I think that turning a blind eye to, to analytics or to numbers or data is kind of naive, especially in today's game. Um, I think there's a, there is a fine line, in my opinion, as far as too much data. Um, however, I think that there there are facts and numbers very clearly. And and if there's a there's something that, that you're trying to get better or you need to get better at, that, that, that there's a consistent number that's showing you that, hey, this is a little bit lower or a higher than it should be here's a plan in order to to help fix it. I, I think that's that's huge. And I think the, the Cubs have done a phenomenal job, especially early on in camp. Before games started, there were guys thrown in our pitcher's lab that have high-speed cameras and 17 different computers and TVs that, that are showing certain biomechanics and things like that, that if guys want to dive into that, they can. And and uh, if they want to stay away from it, the, they, the Cubs are very, they simplify things for you to, to help you just give you something very small that'll help you make you a better player. And I think that, in, especially in today's game, with there being a number for everything, I think it's huge. And uh, there's really, to me, it seems like we have every bit of technology that's, that's out there. I haven't been around anything. That that we don't have, and it's uh, it's a super cool thing uh, to see, and that it, and it, it'll help develop our players for sure.
0: All right, Tucker, you talk about truth in numbers. We were having a discussion on the show. Now I'm I'm a five foot nine man, okay, and I was saying <laughs> how how see okay so so
5: look
3: he's already into it. Or eleven in the program though. Yes, yes, I, I, was...
5: I fought hard for those two inches my entire career. So five eleven on the scoreboard.
0: <laughs> That's what I was going to ask you because I'm on your 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 baseball reference page. And it says 5'11". And what did I say, I'm Layla? Guys who are 5'9 always say they're 5'11". And guys who are <laughs> 5'10 say they're 6 feet tall.
5: A hundred percent. I think my dad <laughs> My dad is truly 5'11". And he's the only guy I've ever heard say I'm 5'11". So <gasps> the I've, only one? I fought tooth and nail. I fought tooth and nail with our, our media relations people in Cincinnati when I was a young, a young guy in the major leagues to get that number to 5'11". I go into the weight room and... Every spring training, I'm standing on my tiptoes trying to get another inch or two in height. So I fought hard for that 5'11. I'm going to keep it. Are,
3: are you hanging upside down or something to try like decompress <laughs> yeah. the
5: spine? now Inver- <laughs> I'm inverted. I've, I'm inverted, trying all kinds of tricks. I hang. I hang on like our pull-up bars just to see if I, it'll make me taller. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tucker, you are a delight, man. Thanks so much for joining us. Let's talk again soon. You bet, guys. Anytime. I'd love it. Thank you very much.
3: And thank you for updating us on the rules. That's really big for fans to know.
5: For sure. I hope I didn't get too much into the weeds. No. We
3: like the weeds. That's, this is the
0: place. We are all about getting into the weeds, man. Uh, continued good health, and uh, good luck the rest of the way, sir. I appreciate it. I'll see you all in Chicago. You got that right. That's Tucker Barnhart. How great was that? How He hit everything. He hit everything that we were talking about, and of course, he... he Addressed the fact that he lies he's a 5'9 man who says he's
3: 5'11 he's exactly the guy that I'm talking about to be fair he doesn't look 5'9 either he doesn't
0: he's got me fooled well I mean you know with catchers like you're really compressed like you're so I wouldn't be surprised I'm very excited like that's a dude that I kind of want to talk to every week now
3: 100% we didn't even get to talk to him about the autographed guitar from Eddie Vedder although Ray coming through maybe that was a subliminal note to uh to support a, a good conversation.
0: He was phenomenal. Uh, you will be hearing that interview come back because there's a lot of stuff inside of there.
3: How about the manual operation of the pitch clock?
0: Yeah, and you worry about certain franchises perhaps manipulating that, but that's another story we for another We didn't talk to Evan this week. No, we didn't talk to him about it at all. He
3: didn't write a book that, you know, we were talking about books and the book's called "Winning Is uh, Winning Changes Everything.
0: Uh-huh. Friend of the show, Jeffrey Bear, is getting ready to join us. If you've enjoyed his Chicago series, he's got another one that's coming up. We'll talk to to him about it next on the score.
4: There are so many astonishingly beautiful treasures in the city and suburbs, from artfully crafted landscapes to surprising hidden gems to breathtaking views of arguably the most beautiful skyline in the world. Oh my gosh. Wow! (laughs) Woven together, it's a tapestry that represents the rich diversity of Chicago. Join me as we explore the most beautiful places in Chicago. I don't know if there's a
0: better documentarian when it comes to extolling the beauty of Chicago that's better than Jeffrey Bear. And he's got a new show coming out on Tuesday, 7 o'clock on WTTW, the most beautiful places in Chicago. He joins us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Jeffrey, thanks for joining us, man. It's been too long. Always glad to be
4: here. Glad to talk to you.
0: So what made you decide after everything, all of the Chicago series, what made you decide that you were going to focus in on some beautiful places in the city?
4: Well, you know, I think right now we're all hungry for some good news in Chicago. Um although you just had some good news with the uh, new catcher there on the Cubs. I know uh, that's exciting for you cuz you <laughs> love your Cubs. I do. I do. Um but you know, I think um you know, we're 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 hungry to remember why we love Chicago, what's so great about Chicago. And You know, as I was thinking about what's the next show I want to do for WTTW, I also thought about just all the incredible places that I've seen over 25 years of, you know, filming Chicago for for WTTW. And every show, there's always one or two places that I I just think, holy cow, this is in Chicago. And, you know, when I even take informally, just take people around the city, uh, like guests or friends, I always take them into, for example macy's uh, state street store you know you go over to the cosmetics counter and and you're and they're like why are you taking me to the cosmetics counter and then i say look up and you look up and five stories over your head is the world's largest tiffany mosaic like twinkling over your head and their jaws drop you know so i i just there are so many places like that in chicago i wanted to put them all in one show
3: I think that's so valuable because I've been to that Macy's cosmetics counter many times and never looked up. No, really? I've never looked up. And that's that's my point is I've I've lived here now almost eight years. Mm-hmm. And I think what you're doing is a service because we still never know the gems in our city. What are some of the places that you think people just either they're too busy to look up like me or maybe they haven't taken in just because their life hasn't taken them there.
4: Yeah, people say this to me all the time. They say, you know, gee, I've lived here all my life and I never knew that. You know, um, well, Tribune Tower, which uh, is no longer where the Tribune is, it's uh, it's been converted to condos now. But fortunately, they've... Um the lobby is still open to the public. And if you go, I mean, we've all seen the outside of Tribune Tower. It looks like a Gothic cathedral and has little gargoyles on it called um, grotesques. But if you go inside, the, the, the marble walls of the lobby and this wooden beam ceiling are just amazing. And it's, it's like a monument to the ego of uh, the publisher, Colonel McCormick, in the 1920s. He wanted to build the most beautiful building in the world. And it's engraved with all these um, tributes to freedom of the press and freedom of speech. And then there's a big, huge um, relief map in there that you find out when you talk to the people there uh, that the rumor is, or the story is, that it's made from um, shredded a million dollars in shredded uh, expired currency. (laughs) It's paper mache. Uh, You know, so that's, that was like an an amazing thing. We went out to the Western suburbs to Bartlett and went to this Hindu temple called a Mandir, the um, uh, B-A-P-S Hindu Mandir. So imagine like an incredibly intricately carved little marble sculpture that you could sort of fit in the palm of your hand. And now imagine literally uh, tens of thousands of these that have been assembled into like Lego blocks into this incredibly intricate, gleaming white marble interior, all carved by hand in India and shipped to Bartlett, Illinois, and reassembled like a jigsaw puzzle. Uh, You know, just you can't believe your eyes.
0: Jeffrey Bear, WTTW, joining us here. His new adventure, The Most Beautiful Places in Chicago, will air Tuesday, March 7th at 7 p.m. on channel 11. Jeffrey, there's a really interesting quote uh I- inside of the the media packet where it's you talking not just about the actual structures of the places that you're surveying, but also what happens or what has happened to you by meeting the people that are involved in these places. Can you go a, dig a little deeper on that on on why that's an important part that you want to share in this doc?
4: Yeah, this this show really, I mean, I've been doing these shows for 25 years. This is unlike any show I've ever done before because um, there are so many, uh, I mean, most of my shows are kind of like tours where I'm giving you a tour and I interview a few people along the way. This show is really filled with people who tell their stories of why they love these places or in some cases designed these places and are so proud of them. And it really kind of expanded our definition of beauty. You know, when I went into this, I was thinking about you know visual beauty, and there's a lot of that in the show. But as I talk to these people. What really came out was their stories and and why these places are so meaningful to them. So, for example, the architect uh, Juan Gabriel Moreno, who designed um, this university building, I've seen it a million times. If you ever drive north of the city on the Kennedy Expressway, as you're kind of rounding this curve, there's this blue glass building that kind of swoops around the curve and it has blue and yellow fins attached to it um and it it's um it's a Northeastern Illinois University building but um Juan Gabriel Moreno who designed it said that you know every neighborhood deserves beautiful architecture not just downtown and this is in a uh, you know not one of Chicago's more advantaged neighborhoods uh, on the northwest side and it's where uh, immigrants. It's particularly designed for immigrants to get a, a college education, and and he wanted to give. He said he wanted to like gift them something that would make them proud, and. I don't know there's just so much beauty in that. Or, or Ernie Wong, this uh, landscape architect who has transformed industrial sites into beautiful parkland, including Ping Tom Park in Chinatown, which is
0: amazing.
4: Ex- amazing. Which people amazing.
0: don't even realize it is one of the most beautiful views of downtown that you can find because you get everything: the bridges, the river, the buildings. Yep. It's amazing.
4: Yeah. You know what? Sounds like you love it for the same reason I do, because you've got, you know, this beautiful park, but then like this big old iron industrial bridge right there on the river that's kind of your backdrop. And uh, and, and, Ernie, and and this is Chinatown, right? So Ernie, Ernie Wong, his father was from China. He'd never been to China until he was in his 20s. And when he went to China it really, you know, he really learned about his own heritage. And then he gets to explore this by building a park in Chinatown. And he talks about the meaning of that for him and for the community. Um, It just was so beautiful to me the way um, so many people opened up to us. And uh, as I say, it just really expanded my way of thinking about beauty.
3: I think that that's so profound because you're talking about people who are very deliberate and wanting to share something at a time where so many are trying to protect resources or protect their own and this is the exact opposite of that
4: yeah yeah and and the kind of the pride that comes through uh, in sharing these things uh, really was meaningful to me. Um, uh, there was a, another one uh, there's an old abandoned steel mill site along the lakefront. Down on the far south side, kind of by the Calumet River. And this uh, guerrilla artist, Roman Villarreal, um, wanted, you know, he had, he had worked there in the steel mill as a teenager. And he lived across the street from the steel mill. And he talks about what it meant when the steel mill closed. And he made this sculpture that he put, that the, the, the vacant land is now, a little part of it is now a lakefront park. So his community has now got access to the lakefront for the first time in a hundred years. And he said he wanted to build this sculpture to kind of say that the steel workers were here, we were here. And the sculpture's not, he said, I could have built a sculpture of a a worker with a sledgehammer, but that's not what the mill meant to me or to those of us who worked here. And it's what it is, it's a whole family um, sort of huddled around a steel worker, because to him, the meaning of the mill was family and what it meant to the neighborhood. And I don't know. There was just, it, and he talks about it so passionately and beautifully. Uh, it, it just, it was really something to uh, to get a chance to meet all these different people.
0: The most beautiful places in Chicago will debut Tuesday, March seventh at seven p.m. on WTTW. Jeffrey Bear, as always, you you exceed our expectations when you come <laughs> on as a guest. Uh, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Good luck with this. I know, just like with everything else that you do, it will be top notch.
4: Uh, thank you so much, and thanks for having me on.
0: That is Jeffrey Bear, and this texture says it right. He's a Chicago treasure. Like this is a guy that I think he still does like the river tours. What? And imagine you get the tour that Jeffrey Bear is leading down the river. I
3: want to do that.
0: He's he is. I'm telling you, like this guy is the truth, and he's he's so right. If you've not been to Ping Tom Park.
3: I haven't looked up at the Macy's counter, Lawrence. I
0: know, but but here's here's what you can do if you don't have time to like stop at the park. If you're ever on the Ryan, you see the exit for 18th Street, get off and travel east, and you'll see it. You'll see what I'm talking about. It's the curve of the south branch of the river with the bridges, because all the bridges are up, and the view of the skyline. It is, It is sublime. And if you ever get a chance to walk in the park, and it's it's one of like one like exactly what Jeffrey is, is trying to put out there for people. That's a place in Chicago that not a lot of people know about, but when you go there, you will be struck by how beautiful this city is. And it gives you a little bit of everything. He hears the pastoral part of the city. Here's the water. Here's the hardworking, like our history as a steel city is there. Here's beautiful downtown. It is gorgeous, an absolutely gorgeous park. So, if you ever have the chance with spring coming up, make your way to, to Ping Tom Park.
3: Apparently, you might even be able to do it today, as I understand, because our <laughs> weather changed. Apparently,
0: it's not snow, Mageddon. And I say, it's
3: just a bunch of rain, Mageddon, Mageddon.
0: Layla, what do you Corey think? Corey What do you think of on Wednesday? Us just leaving at ten twenty. <gasps> Let's do it. Like, why don't like when Dan's Let's here? Skip. When Dan's here on Wednesday, we'll be like, oh, we have to go catch a flight.
3: I have a thing with a guy in a place.
0: And then what we're the flight that we're going to catch is some pancakes at Wildberry. I think we should Jokes do
3: that. on him. I
0: think the whole show should he be on it. He doesn't even
3: like waffles.
0: The whole show should be in on it. Nobody tell Dan before it happens. Don't be out here telling him stuff. And then we just leave and go get pancakes.
3: Is that kind of mean, though, given that he's dealing with some heart medication and things?
0: No, it's not mean at all. Was it mean when he left here yesterday and I had 345 that I had to cover by myself? We going to get pancakes on Wednesday. He at
3: least owes you a text apology. No,
0: he doesn't owe me a apology. That's what partners are supposed to do. He needs to
3: be like Samsonite. I was way off.
0: That's what partners are supposed to do for each other. Oh, I know. And Dan's a good good partner. But we are getting pancakes on Wednesday. (laughs) Back after this on The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.